Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Ages Podcast Show. My name is David Harry Stewart. It's great to have you with us today. It's a weird world out there. What can I say? Uh, Today is Wednesday, the 18th of March, and I've had, oh, you know, probably like everybody, half a dozen people check in and say like, how you doing? How you feeling? And uh, my thought is if somebody, if somebody's response to that is, oh, everything's fine, it's normal. Um, I don't know, it doesn't feel very normal to me, um, but this, this is my first pandemic, what can I say? Uh, we've, on the show today, we've got um, one of our favorite readers, uh, Lisa, in Singapore. Um, we're gonna give her a shout and find out what it's like to be um, essentially self-isolated, in her case, with her husband uh, in her condo in Singapore for the last six, eight weeks. Um, so the Singapore, if you don't know, has been um, way ahead of uh, a lot of the other countries as far as reaction to this. Um, and I'm, I'm just curious, like, what's, what's that like? Um, you know, if you and your husband are traveling all the time and then suddenly you're not, you're both together in the house, hmm, there's some adjustments. Um, so that'll be fun. And then we also have Dr. Ruth Zimmer, who we're going to speak to in Park City. Uh, Ruth is an MD, and she has a lot of interesting things to tell us about how to, one, um, avoid getting sick, and um, also about immunity. Because I, I think that um, immunity is really going to be a, a huge, I mean, it's been a big topic, but even more going forward, um, how, to, how to really get our immune systems up uh, as strong as we possibly can. And, you know, especially for people who are 50, 60, 70 years old, um, it's, it seems to be all about that. Not that, you know, if you're in your 20s and 30s, this is like no walk in the park, but um, it'll be good to get some expert advice on that. So I hope you're all having a good day today and uh, as best we can. We're going to get through this. Um, there will be an, uh, an end point to this. Um, and to sort of get a sense of what the endpoint is going to be like, let's give Lisa a call because they seem to be kind of on the other end of the curve of this from us and, and find out what life is like in Singapore. Hi, Lisa. How are you today? I'm fine, David. Lovely to be speaking with you again. Oh, it's great speaking with you. And, and where are you today? Uh, well, today and yeah, for the past month or two, I've been here in Singapore. Um, that's actually where I live for the past 13 years. Yes. And I, I understand that Singapore has been practicing social distancing for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the major things that the government has uh, encouraged and implemented um, and is really um, asking people to practice what we call social responsibility. Right. So if you're sick. Uh, don't go into work or don't go to a party or don't get on an aeroplane um, and, you know, stay away from, you know, keeping distance from other people and uh, similar to those in the U.S., you know, um, uh, stopping large events and things like that. And tell me, um, we met at our conference um, here in June. What, um, let's tell everybody a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I write a, a, a blog uh, called Life Begins at Orgy. And before you get too excited, Orgy is actually an acronym for all these, uh, well, it could be all these rein, 
uh, energizing gap year or I think at the moment with the virus it's actually an oldies reassessing gap year and many people are thinking about maybe even having a oldies reinventing gap year after this um, so uh, yeah so it's about it's it's a blog for people who are in midlife so helping helping ourselves and others you know stop muddling through midlife and start mastering their middle essence that's midlife and adolescence it's like um, being an adolescent without the zits <laughs> I feel like that all the time. <laughs> so I, I, I want to talk to you though about um, your experience. So the, how, when did the social distancing start? So we found out in Singapore, uh, it was right about January 20th. And I think at the beginning, people were um, not so uh, doing the social distancing, although many companies started doing it pretty fast. So my husband's company, it's a US uh, tech company, basically said more or less from the beginning, like end of, uh, end of January, everybody works from home. And uh, they've also had a travel ban, for example, international um, for uh, the past uh, four weeks, and they've actually extended it till the 1st of May. So some of this sort of social distancing is also being enforced by organizations, which I think is really good. Obviously, not everybody can work from home, but if you have the opportunity to do so, then yeah, try it out. So is this, you and your husband have been in the apartment then for? Oh yeah. Four weeks, six weeks? <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, so what's that like? Well, I mean, we go, we do go out, right? So we're going out to, we have a, you know, we've got some, as you've been to Singapore before, David, you know, we've got great food around here and, you know, um, cafes and restaurants and things are still open. So we do go out, but we generally sit outside. We have that um, luxury here in Singapore that it's warm outside all times of the year. So we're kind of always in the, staying in the fresh air, but it, it has created a little bit of cabin fever. So we sort of had a little altercation in the kitchen uh, earlier on this week, <laughs> where, it, where it, uh, it, it felt a bit too uh, a bit too tight because my husband travels a lot for his work. I'm I'm often travelling and away, so we we haven't usually spent this much time together. So I think it's also about being very clear and open on your communication, um, and yeah, really, yeah, really, it's time to reconnect. I think with yourself. So it's an oldies reconnecting gap. Op- you know, opportunity, but also an oldies reconnecting gap opportunity with, with your spouse, right? But it's got to be very conscious, obviously, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the other thing you mentioned was um, about being stuck in the house. So we just basically saw we've just got too much crap in our house. I'm, I hope I'm allowed to say crap on your podcast. Is that right? Say whatever you want. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> and so we've, uh, similar to Craigslist, we have a thing called Carousel here. So we've been putting stuff up and selling it on that. That's also, by the way, another way of um, earning some income of stuff sitting in your cupboards. And um, yeah, you know, we had some fans which were broken in the house, ceiling fans. I got those fixed. Um, We've done done some touch-up jobs. We've got a door fixed, a mirror replaced that was cracked. Because when you're spending so much time at home, you know, it's really an opportunity to, yeah, sort of focus on the stuff you don't usually focus on, even though it can be a bit painful, I think. Oh, I feel the same way. I've, I mean, I've only been in the house now for, I don't know, it's like four days and I'm already, I'm seeing like, oh my gosh, there's like this, you know, blemish on the wall. We need to paint yeah. the carbon immediately. It's just, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, rehoming the home because you're right. If you're, you know, all you're seeing is that your home, uh, you got to fix it up. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we've 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 uh, officially called it an oldies renesting gap. Yeah, so we're we're we're, we're <laughs> Is there an acronym up. for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the the renet. Well, the oldies renesting gap here. That's another orgy, right? You can have many different <laughs> orgies all going on at the same time. Oh, right? but, uh, as long as you're as, yeah, stop it. Sorry, I'll stop it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so a re-nesting or revamping, like you were saying about painting, maybe you just want to revamp your space. So this is really an opportunity, I think. You know, I mean, in any crisis, there's an opportunity, right? The question is, is how did we deal with it? And we're so used to being out and about and doing things. It's kind of forcing us to be with ourselves. And I think that that's pretty tough for a lot of people, right? I include myself in that, you know? Um, yeah. It's uh, so yeah. There's opportunity in crisis, right? Yeah. And uh, how are you finding? You know, like when you're out of the apartment, uh, you know, if you're interacting with other people, uh, you know, here they tell you um, stay six feet away and um, yeah, you know, disinfect all surfaces and yeah. So I think it, maybe it's also a benefit that we're we're here in Asia because it's very common to wash your hands all the time here because you know we we have uh, thirty degree plus uh, temperatures all the time. It's very humid, right? So there is that awareness of personal hygiene. I think that's really important. And like you said, the six foot two meters from away from each other. I mean, they say that the um, face mask doesn't actually prevent, um, <clears throat> it doesn't stop you from getting the virus necessarily. It's only if you're sick. Having said that, I think sometimes the, you know, there's quite a few people who are wearing face masks here, but not everybody. Um, obviously, if you've got a snuffle or a, a cough or something, you should wear something. But it stops you also touching your face, right? Because if you've got right. a mask there, then you're not touching your nose and, 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 and mouth so much. And, you know, wearing sunglasses helps because it's sunny here too. So not touching eyes and things, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, people are kind of going around their normal business. But as you said, I think that the biggest, the biggest thing is, you know, and I'm sort of banging on about it, is, you know, social responsibility. You know, they've <clears throat> Singapore's government has done a lot of um, contact tracing. They're very good at that. And they've seen that a lot of the um, problems actually stem from people not being very well, as so they're going into work, going to a party, a communal thing, because we had Chinese New Year during this time. Uh, but they also, um, so you know, even if companies are stopping you getting on an aeroplane, I think it's also our social responsibility to stop ourselves getting on aeroplanes. You know, do I really need to go there, right? Or is it just because I can't bear staying at home anymore and I'm going to get on a plane and escape, right? Um, so imported cases are more of a problem here in Singapore. So we've kind of got it under control, I think, really well. I, I, I personally feel very... Uh, comfortable um, and safe in in the environment that we're in at the moment but it's always about maintaining vigilance you know like you're saying about the <clears throat> social distancing washing hands but also you know uh, being aware that you know uh, as Lenny Kravitz famously, famously sung it's not over until it's over right and uh, the the well health world health organization I think they said it could be going on for a year even our government had a um, a conference on Friday and it was all televised actually saying exactly the same thing. So I think it's, yeah, just take responsibility for yourself and stop spreading it to others and uh, it will stop quicker, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, you yeah. know, and, and Singapore, how many people live in Singapore? 
so we have uh, 5.6 million residents here in mm -hmm. Singapore. So that's Singaporeans and uh, people, um, non-Singaporeans and foreign workers. So, um, and we, we have a very dense population. I think Singapore learned a lot from the um, SARS uh, epidemic back in the early 2000s. Exactly. And that, that was, a, yeah. and Hong Kong the same, right? Right. So I think, um, so, you know, we, we live in a very densely populated um, space. Um, so 5.6 million people in 700 square kilometers kind of sounds a bit maybe abstract, but there's a, there's a, some, some statistician came up with the, um, the dynamic that if everybody in the world, everybody in the world lived like Singapore, we would all fit into the size of Texas. So, <laughs> right. So you can imagine how densely populated we are with high rise flats. We've got buses, um, you know, underground and all this and that. So um, it's you've really got to be very uh, hyper vigilant to make sure that that spread doesn't happen and be very good on contact tracing and, you know, not telling fibs about where you've been. And, and yeah, just kind of keep a low profile, put the seatbelt on and hopefully it will be over sooner than um, sooner than possible yeah yeah well it seems like it's working out um yeah oh it is yeah. yeah yeah which is great great i mean it's great to know that there's a solution here and uh it's um i i'm just really wondering uh you know here i'm looking at this apartment and i'm thinking like wow another what six eight weeks in here <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can still go out shopping and everything like that. We do. We've got the shops down the road. We go on right. and, and there's, no, there's no panic buying going on here, which is good. I think when they uh, said about the level, the Dorscon orange level, which is kind of like a security level orange, right, where they see that there are local cases, not just ones being imported, right? Um, then people went out and bought tons of toilet roll. Like I think. What's with the toilet on. roll? They do that here too. I, I don't get it. What's the obsession <laughs> with that? I don't know. Well, I, I suppose wow. if you're crapping, if you're crapping yourself about the virus, you need more toilet roll. I don't know. <laughs> it's a funny fixation. I'm, I'm thinking of all the, I just, I went to the supermarket the other day and yeah. uh, you now we got some food and the only two things like it was the broccoli completely yeah. wiped out like i thought yeah. all the other vegetables are all no broccoli i thought what's so i don't really understand that and then anything that had to do with paper goods it was just gone and yeah. i thought what i don't understand whatever i don't know people yeah. are funny yeah they could have a lifetime of toilet paper stocked away yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, no i don't understand it either but that that's all good now so we have a constant supply of food and 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 paper goods and all this and that so i think because the government sort of said okay don't panic you know just calm down um people just sort of said okay you know we've got a we've got it, it's really about um as they call it singapore united right? Uh, right and i think it's not just singapore united it's the world united Hopefully. And, you know, yes. yeah, and we've got to we got to do it for for ourselves and each other. Right. To to get through this pa pandemic. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it's yeah, this sort of, uh, you know, nationalism, populism, it's it's madness and something like this, because if, um, you know, if one country does manage to, you know, eradicate and wall it off, but then it's it's just going to spring back to life somewhere else. Uh, yeah. What you know? What do you do? 
Oh, totally. Well, I think holidays, you know, so many people are considering and maybe, you know, you're also thinking about it. Oh, you know, I was thinking about going skiing or I was thinking about doing this and that. You know, just don't do it because, yeah. you know, you've seen it with the cruise ships and all sorts oh. of things. You oh know, I, that's how you reimport the cases. Exactly. You know, there was even Justin Trudeau's wife went to the UK and brought back uh, yes. COVID-19, right? So, you know, that's something to, you know, just stop traveling you know travel in your mind travel on the internet travel wherever but you know um because it's not just about ourselves david i know you know from the 50 plus age group you know we're in maybe a more in you know in a more compromised situation as you said in your uh your blog in the past couple of weeks but it's also about you know um each other right exactly. so i think that's why that social responsibility because right. the less spreading the quicker it finishes yeah yeah Excellent. Well, wonderful. I'm glad there's life in. Um, oh yeah. In social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lisa, Absolutely. Th thank you so much for taking time today. You're it's, very welcome, David. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's very good speaking with you. Loved. I love speaking with you too, and look forward to seeing you now in October. Yes. Yes. October fifth. Yeah. I mean, assuming October this 5th. whole thing is like. Yeah. Hopefully by then. Yeah. That will be cool. Look forward to it. Thank you so much, David. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that was great speaking to Lisa. You know, one of the wonderful things about having Aegis is we have uh, readers and followers all over the world, and they keep us informed of what's going on. And for that, we are very grateful. Next up, we have Dr. Ruth Zimmer. And <clears throat> Ruth is an MD. She's practicing out in Park City, Utah. And she has uh, a lot of knowledge about not just um, how to stay safe and not catch the virus, but also how to increase our immune system. She's been, uh, as I said, she's a, she's a practicing MD. She's an anesthesiologist. And she also has a lot of information about natural health and how to use various uh, elements of that to keep ourselves safe and strong. So without further ado, let's give Dr. Ruth a call and see where she's at. And I just want to say how grateful we are to have her that uh, as a medical professional these days, um, it, it, it's life during wartime. And it's really great that she took a, a few minutes out of her day to talk to us. So let's give her a call right now. <clears throat> Hi, Ruth. How are you? Hi, David. I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, doing all right. You know, a little bit of stress out there. Just a little. <laughs> so wh why don't you tell everybody what your job is? I'm an anesthesiologist and I work in Utah. I, um, I'm the chief quality officer for a group of about 200 anesthesiologists. And, um, you know, my guess is you guys are probably really ramping up for what, you know, could possibly be quite a caseload. We're, we're going through mitigation strategies right now and trying to triage and figure out exactly what we need to do and how to handle what's coming. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a busy time. Yeah. Wow. And I can only imagine. Um, just, just like roughly, what are the, what else are the preparations you guys are making? Um, they, you know, they, they change minute to minute. So, um, it changes depending upon <clears throat> what's happening with the virus in the community. So if we get a community spread of virus, rather than having people who come in with the, the virus itself, it'll change the way the hospitals in that area, that region work or function and, um, hospitals in that area where there is community spread are looking at doing no elective procedures and um, shifting their elective procedures to other hospitals that 
might have ability to, to do those. We're looking at a, at a system-wide uh, um, stopping of all elective procedures just to minimize the exposure of virus to people who are coming and going through elective procedures, um, hospital caregivers, people who are gonna be needed in the, in the near future to take care of people who are really sick in the hospital. So it's, it's kind of a morphing thing. Mm, I can imagine. And, um, you know, you're a big uh, ski resort town. Uh, are the resorts still open? The resorts are still open. Fortunately, they've started taking some measures to mitigate exposure. They've, um, they're wiping down the, the ski lifts in between every person that gets on them. They're not allowing more than people who are coming together to get onto a lift together so they're keeping groups who've been exposed previously to each other together and then isolating them from other groups um, they're doing they're doing their best it, it's hard because it get it hits the industry pretty hard but um, really shutting it down is is kind of a hard call to make and they're just mitigating the risk as much as they can yeah gosh I think there's there's so many industries that are going to be in that condition soon I, I I really, my heart goes out to all the people that work in them. Um, it's just tremendous economic impact. It, it really is. It's, this is a hard thing that's hitting every segment of society. Um, so I, I just, there's so much information out there that it's just overwhelming. Um, mm -hmm. People not knowing like quite what they should do. And I, so I thought today what we do is we would just sort of go through some, you know, like do's and don'ts. So say, uh, I go to the grocery store and I get my food. So now, now I've come to the front door of my house, my apartment. What do I do? Well, maybe let's start at going to the grocery store. Okay, right on. <laughs> so, so timing when you go to the grocery store is pretty important. Um, I, I like to time going to the grocery store for when it opens first thing in the morning. That gives people time overnight to have cleaned the area. And, um, and you know that there aren't going to be a lot of people there. You really want to, you want to do a lot of social distancing. You want to stay as far away from people as you can. And grocery stores tend to congregate people, especially at, at kind of like normal shopping hours. So if you get to the grocery store, go early. Good advice. Now I've got my, I got my bag grocery of food. Store, grab two white. Okay. okay. Okay, you got your bag of food. Make sure it's all wiped down. Make sure everything that you touch has been wiped down with a wipe. What do I wipe? And what kind of wipes are you using? The, you, can, you can bring your own sanitizing wipes or alcohol-based, something that has more than 60% alcohol in it. You can make your own wipes. You can use a tissue box and spray some isopropyl alcohol on them. Those are adequate. Um, something that has alcohol in it that will sterilize, get rid of all of the virus. On, on everything you touch. And how do you feel about alcohol versus hydrogen peroxide? Um, hydrogen peroxide doesn't work. It doesn't oh, kill Oh, really? really? Yeah. Oh, wow, I just spent $6. Oh, well, <laughs> whatever. No, no, keep it. It, it can clean up wounds. <laughs> okay, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it'll get wounds plus virus. That bad <laughs> situation. Uh, so um, back in the grocery store. So I'm wiping everything down before I grab it put it in my bag. Right. Um, so I come to the lettuce. What do I do? You don't pick it up. You don't, don't pick up lettuce. 
Yeah, don't eat it. Not now. If you have community spread of the virus or where your lettuce is coming from has community spread of the virus, you want to stay away from uncooked foods. And lettuce is a hard one to cook. Wow, that simplifies things tremendously. Um, so I, I should be behaving as if, like I remember when I was in Pakistan, um, like the only thing you eat is things that have been, like a lot of fire has been applied to them. And then I'm okay, right? Well, you can, you can, and that's really good for a different type of diseases, for protozoa and things. The, with a virus, you just want to make sure that you can clean the surface of it. You, you could wash your lettuce with, um, with a soap. A soap will take it off, but, but it may leave a residue. So, I mean, you can do that if you want and try it. You, you really want to get everything that you eat. You can eat raw vegetables and foods, but you have to be able to wash. And suppose... Um... Any potential virus off of it. So if you're prepared to do that. Okay. Um, sounds like we're having a little connection problem there. Oh, yeah, I think we just did. I think I'm back. Am there I back? Are. Okay. Yep. The, um, so uh, what about Clorox? Like, suppose I put like, you know, a teaspoon of Clorox into a gallon of water and then I soak my vegetables in that. Will that do it? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not as sure about the Clorox. I, I think that, um, Clorox does kill viruses and, um, and it's certainly something to, to look into. I'm not as clear on that Clorox preparation and I'm not sure what it would do to the underlying vegetable or fruit either. So <laughs> There's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're eating like a a bleach, like a, I can just imagine like you put an orange in there or, or a peach, something really absorptive. And then I've got like a Clorox peach I'm eating. Which would not be healthy. No, other consequences there. Okay, so, I've, so I've, I'm staying away from everything that I'm not going to cook. I've wiped down my cans. I got them in the bag. I get to the front door. What do I do? Front door of your house? Front door of my house. Just wipe off the handle and walk in. Make sure that you have a wipe with you at all times. Wipe off any surface that some other person may have have used. Uh, now, say I'm out in the grocery store and I've I've sat down somewhere. Um, my clothing. Uh, how worried do I have to be about that? Before you sit down, wipe it down. So, what you're going to touch, you want to make sure you've wiped before you've touched it, whether it's your clothes or your body. You can take the, the clothes, it's not, the virus may not stick as well to clothing as it does to, to humans, but we don't know for sure that it doesn't. So take your clothes, if you're gonna be washed, otherwise wipe it down before you sit on anything, before you touch anything or sit on any surface, before something comes in contact with you, wipe it down. Uh, and is the, is the virus uh, destroyed by changes in temperature? So um, things in the freezer, uh, like what temperature in the oven? Potentially, potentially destroyed by things that are, are super cold or, or super hot. And the temperature in the oven is not really clear yet either. It's a new virus we don't know a lot about. The only thing that we really truly know um, destroys the virus is um, alcohol and bleach. So those two things work well on the virus. Washing it away works really well because it's lipophilic and the soaps have, have a lipid component to them. So that's why just washing your hands with a regular soap um, works. It's actually the best thing to do. It, it washes the virus off. And putting your clothes in a laundry 
washes the virus off. So um, as far as heat and cold, not so clear what the temperatures are or what they need to be to do that. Um, and, and then when it's the body, when you're thinking about, well, does, will my body, can I make my body hot or make my body cold? Will that get rid of the virus? You can't make your body hot enough to kill the virus and you can't make your body cold enough to kill the virus to survive. So, so don't look at that as being a way to get rid of the virus off of you or, or away from the inside of you. How do I deal with my mail? Spray it down with a dilute bleach solution. There's some, um, or an alcohol solution. There's, um, there's some recipes online for you to make up, like with isopropyl alcohol. You can spray it in a spray bottle. Just clean off anything that somebody else may have touched. It's really hard to know where your mail is coming from, who's handled it, and whether they've used gloves or whether they may have the virus on them. So just spray it off, wipe it down before you bring it in the house. So it sounds like, um my beloved daily newspaper delivery, probably not so great. Not, not such a good idea. It's, it's really hard to spray down newspaper. It's hard to um, keep it legible, you know, it'll run. Right, right. Um, okay, digital so, delivery. Yeah, digital delivery is a good way to get your news. Uh, and um, so, you know, we know there's a, there's a lot of age, apparently a lot of age disparity um, with this. Um, you know, the, the bad outcomes are skewed towards the upper age range. Um, and young people, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong here, kids seem not to get this? Uh, no. Well, th that, I mean, that's a kind of a common misunderstanding. Kids can get <clears throat> severely ill from this, but they can recover. Kids handle severe illnesses better than adults do. And, and a smaller percentage of kids show um, the serious symptoms. So they get the disease, they get the infection, some reason is better able to handle it, and they don't get the really severe um, consequences of having an infection with it. Um, they still can get it, they can still be really sick from it. Uh, Ruth, I think we, we dropped out there for a little bit. I'm going to just ask you to repeat oh. what you said about the kids. So, so kids can get this. Kids can get really sick from this, but they handle sickness and recovery better than adults do, older adults do. Um, so it's, it's not true that they don't get sick from it. They, they can and, and frequently do. Mm. They just are able to handle the, the consequences of the illness better. They don't, they don't seem to have as much of the um, more severe reaction to it as um, adults do. And are kids, um are they likely more or less likely to be asymptomatic with this? Because that, that seems like the really freaky thing, right? People walking around and you're yeah. asymptomatic, but you're carrying. That's the really scary part. And, and as an anesthesiologist, we, do kid, we take care of kids all the time. And it's been a big topic of conversation <clears throat> among pediatric anesthesiologists is how exposed are we and how exposed are we making the operating room when we put an asymptomatic child to sleep? For an elective procedure it's one of the reasons we're looking at not doing elective procedures is because you don't know when a child is contagious right uh and uh, there's been a lot of talk about the testing kits um and uh in in utah what's your what's the situation with the testing kits um we're hoping for some <laughs> oh jeez. We, we do have some, we, there are some testing kits, but the recommendation is 
only people who are um, ha have a history of being in a high risk area or a high region uh, risk area within the United States and are symptomatic should be tested. But you would like to test everyone, right? I would like to test everyone. Yeah. yeah, I think from an epidemiological standpoint, we need to know more about this virus. We need to be able to track it and track the people who've had it and recovered. We need to know what makes some and another person not. Right. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna fill in what you said there because I think we the Wi-Fi dropped. So um, you were saying you need to know from an epidemiological standpoint um, who's getting sick, who's not, and what's causing them to get sick and who's recovering and who's not. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, let's, so that's how we avoid it. Um, but I'm, you know, hearing that there's probably a lot of people that will be exposed to the contagion in, in, in some way. Um, and it's, so, my thinking is sort of the other side of the equation is how can we make ourselves, uh, you know, as strong as possible? Should we be exposed to the virus? And I, I realize we don't know, you know, this is completely new, like foreign entity. So we don't know that much about it, but um, maybe you have some thoughts on how to um, keep our immune system strong. Yeah. And, and I think that this, that's important for anybody of any age, but particularly to people who are over the age of 60, there are things we can do to improve our immune function, to improve our physical status or standing. Um, and, and they're, they're pretty universal. They're kind of like what we all know, eat fruits and vegetables, a healthy diet, maintain a normal body weight, exercise. Meditation is really good for improving your immune system. Um, and then, and then there are certain trace elements that that as we get older, we get less less of them in our diet, and so we as older people tend to be a little deficient. What what would those be? So B six, um, zinc, selenium, um, gosh, um, vitamin D. Those are really kind of the ones that come to the top of my head. Um, trying to think of the others. And, and a good multivitamin will work with that, but it's better to get it in foods if you can. They're, it's more bioavailable. So if you can get it in a food, do that. I know that selenium is high in Brazil nuts. So one Brazil nut a day is a good thing to do. Uh, and you have, uh, you have a couple of kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, what are you feeding them? Um, healthy foods, N no processed foods, as few processed foods as possible. My kids, I'm not so worried about with the, the, um, the virus because they are less likely to be injured. My son has a little bit of a respiratory issue, so I'm really boosting his immune system. And I make him take um, some mushrooms, some mushroom supplements that I really like. That There are several mushrooms out there that have been shown to improve and boost support immune function. Uh, give me a name of your mushroom supplement. Um, I, the one I like is called Host Defense, and it's okay. um, comprehensive immune support is the one that I tend to use. It has a, a good variety of mushrooms in it. And what's the dosage and frequency on that? You take two of those twice a day. It also comes in a spray form for people who are not good at taking um, tablets. Ah. Uh, are, there, are there foods that, uh, well, we all know the foods that erode the, health, right? Like sugar, stuff right. like that. 
Right. So we probably want to be careful with that. Um, Avoid those. Yeah. Somebody, um, we're sort of like, a, people send me all kinds of stuff about, uh, you know, I've heard this, I've heard that. So uh, somebody sent me something about elderberry tea. I know nothing about elderberry tea. What's, what's your, is, there, is well, that a real thing? Well, the interesting thing about elderberry is that there was a study that showed if you took elderberry supplements during an, an influenza infection, you, your influenza was shortened. The duration of the influenza was shortened. It's not going to prevent an infection of anything. And it's not really clear if that's going to translate to the coronavirus. Influenza and corona are different viruses. Um, so it, it, it's, it's possible that it could give you some immune support. It's not going to hurt you. Okay. Uh, humidity and, uh, and its effect on mucus and how mucus affects the virus. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, you want to keep your mucus thin. You want to stay hydrated. Humidity is not a bad idea for symptom treatment. It's not going to prevent you from getting the virus, um, but it, it might help symptoms, especially for coughing. People tend to have this uh, dry cough with a, with a coronavirus, and it can help with that. And thinning the mucus can help. Good hydration is really important. It's key. Uh, uh, social distancing, right? So that's going to be, I think that's going to be the, the word of the year. Um, <laughs> and so there's also, you know, I've heard three feet, six feet, uh, you know, stay away from all people. Uh, what, um, what's, what's the real, what do we should, what should we be doing? That gets so overwhelming, doesn't it? Take a tape measure around with you. And I know. Don't get close I, I to a hula hoop, right? What is the deal? <laughs> right. right, that's really hard. Um, the, the big thing is if you're spitting distance from somebody, step away. If you're going to be, you know, if you're, if you're going to be sharing saliva or when people speak, sometimes they speak with a little bit of fluid and you want to make sure that that doesn't land on you. So just distance yourself. Don't shake hands. You do the elbow bump, wave, high five, whatever, but just don't touch people for a little while. Um, that, that's how it's communicated. It's communicated through droplets and touching of other people. And, um, and so don't do that. Um, social distancing is hard because you want to be around people. But it's kind of necessary too. Skype, do other things that you can kind of have that contact with. Yeah, I'm training my mom. How to use Skype? Um, oh, good. Yeah. Uh, your mom's mom's ninety, so um, Ooh, yeah. yeah, not interacting with mom. Um, the uh, so uh, silly practical question here. So uh, suppose I'm out in my errands or whatever, and uh, you know I've touched something that I haven't wiped down, which you know, I, myself I just I know that's going to happen. Sure. And, and then I and then I you know I get to my car or my house and I reach for my keys, I open the door, I start the car. So now whatever was on my hands is on the keys. Uh, and so I get home and I need to, I think, okay, so right away I got to like wash off my hands. Okay, great. How do I clean my keys? Just retrace your steps, get a wipe, clean off everything that you touched. Wash your hands first, walk in the door, go to the sink, wash your hands. Good 20 to 30 seconds of hand washing. My husband said that somebody said, sing, happy birthday to yourself two times through. And that's, that's pretty good. That'll give you a, a, a number a time to kind of stand there at the sink and wash your hands. Um, and then retrace your steps with a cleansing wipe. You can clean off your key. It's pretty easy. Just wipe it down. Anything that you've touched, the wipe will touch. 
well, it sounds like I've got to lay in gallons and gallons of isopropyl alcohol. Um, yeah. It's going to be a big part of my life. <laughs> in, in the short term, in the short term, it's, we want to mitigate this and stop its spread and social distancing and paying attention to cleanliness is really the way to do it. Universal precautions. Right. Wow. That is just, that is super helpful, Ruth. They're just, um, <laughs> I can't, I, I'm not even going to tell you all the other like crazy crackpot stuff that people send me. It, you wouldn't, I have a whole folder of it. It's insane. You um, know, if it, if it sounds weird, it probably is weird. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Definitely. Things that involve photons. Uh, oh, God only knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to go there. Yeah. Um, we'll stick with the science. Uh, Ruth, thank you so much. This is really going to be a tremendous help to everyone. And I yeah. know that, you know, the next, I don't know how many weeks, uh, it's going to be super challenging. I've been, you know, seeing what goes on in Italy and now in France and, uh, yeah. you know, hopefully we're, we're a little more prepared, but I, I have a feeling you're going to have a very busy, um, ramp in front of you here. I, I think so, but we're, we're going to, we're going to get through it. We'll all get through it together and, and we'll be better off in the end, I think. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Really great to speak with you today. Thanks, David. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. It's great to have you with us. And, um, you know, we've noticed a, cu a couple of really interesting trends going on. So the first is this idea of video conferencing. We were talking to somebody yesterday and they were telling us about a weekly Zoom call they have set up with 30 of their friends to stay in touch, which I think is brilliant. And we're going to be exploring a lot more of that um, with Aegis and with some of the partners that we work with because we we think this idea of video conferencing is just really uh, great. I mean, my gosh, imagine being, because we're not going to be able to have as much actual face-to-face -face contact, you know, going forward for a little bit here, um, which is unfortunate, but there's a there's a stopgap. And I, I, I just love how inventive human beings are, right? Like Zoom is this, it's, you know, sort of corporate conferencing um, software that's really great for that. I mean, we use it a lot here for that. Um, but now people are using it to stay in touch with their with their various friends, which is which are great. And you know, in fact, I spoke to my mom earlier in the week, and mom said she's really looking forward to understanding this face thing. And she means FaceTime. Um, and you know, as someone my mom's age, mom's up around ninety, and so it's really dangerous for her to be around any other people right now. She's tremendously excited to be able to talk to everybody using this, which I, which I just think is delightful. Uh, so next week, we have uh, Patrice Tanaka with us. Patrice's expertise is in the realm of discovering your purpose and then living a joyful life through actuating your purpose. And I think in times like this where we're just being sloshed back and forth by all this news of all this, you know, uh, kind of wild stuff going on, it's, it's really good to center back and say, you know, what, why am I here? What am I up to? What do I want to get done? And then as one takes action on that during the day, you can feel pretty good about yourself at the end of the day. So that's uh, Patrice Tanaka next week. Thanks so much, all of you, for being with us here today. Thank you to Seize Apart for that great music. And if you do like what you hear here, please do subscribe. And if, uh, if it's possible on your platform, um, hit the like button. Uh, leave a comment. We love that. Thank you for being our listener. Thank you for being our readers on the site. 
And for those of you who described, uh, excuse me, subscribe to the newsletter, we are so grateful for your support. Until next week, I want everybody to have a safe week. Be happy. Enjoy the people that are around you. And we'll bring you another episode about the middle of next week. Take care. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.